Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky, here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, where we left off yesterday's episode is we were having a discussion about you need something to live for. Whether that be, I want to live to witness a specific event, such as taking my daughter down the aisle, or I want to see my son graduate, it was something like that. And we've seen that people are much easier to relate to things that they can see in their own world. You know, we've witnessed graduations, we've witnessed weddings, and we can imagine ourselves being in a different role. You know, for instance, before my wedding, I was in a wedding party and I was the best man. I was able to envision what it would be like being the groom. And that element of having seen something and being able to witness it can give us a purpose to move on for. As the example you gave us in the last episode was the doctor who made the realization that people would die before dying. They'd almost mentally or physically quit and then pass away because they didn't have a purpose to live for. And where I'm tying this into our episode is that so many of us out there can very easily visualize a material event or a material thing. You know, I want to own X amount. I want to do this, that, or the other. But we have a very difficult time combining that with the, the person of Christ. You know, some of us can do the the abstract feelings of presenting love. And as we discussed many times, God is love. But as far as taking it and pinpointing to Christ, I think that many of us out there have a fundamental difficulty with that. And I wanted to spend some time here to really focus in on that element as it's so important to both our society in a practical sense and to each of us as an individual. Yeah, thanks. I might need uh, some further clarification, but let me launch off in a direction that uh, I think would be helpful for us and I think is uh, responding to what you're getting at, Joe. Um, And I I like the example of the man who is living to walk his daughter down the aisle. And if I can tie that example into where is Christ in that, I think that helps us to understand that Jesus, God, is is involved in uh, all, all of the things that he has brought into our lives in the sense that how did this person get married? Why did this person have a daughter? Well, that's all part of the will of God. The will of God provided for that man's marriage. The will of God provided for that man's child. We can't conceive a child without God ultimately, uh, either by his active will or his passive will. God is in the midst of all of that. And when we make those kinds of decisions, which we can do just because we sort of fall into it, you know, there are a lot of people, I, I think of my own parents. My own parents were not people who had any religious practice. They just weren't raised with any of that, didn't know where to turn. They weren't people of prayer in the sense that they would be on their knees and and asking God these questions. They didn't have a relationship with him. And yet they entered into a very beautiful marriage and had uh, two wonderful children (laughs) and were very faithful in raising those children. 
where was God in that? Well, God was working behind the scenes. God was working anonymously and guiding them. And because they were listening to their conscience, because they had goodwill, because they had well-formed intentions, because they were well-formed in their humanity, they were actually making very good decisions. And I would say decisions in accord with God's will, but they didn't know him personally. Now, what happens when we come to know him personally, when we actually do explicitly seek him in prayer, when we uh, reach out and ask questions about, should I get married or, or how many children should I have? Should we conceive another baby? When we seek God and make him explicitly a part of our lives and a part of our relationships, it, it helps us tremendously because we start to see that it's not just a working out of some kind of biological necessities. We're not just sort of uh, moving along like animals attracted to a person copulating and, and forming offspring. Uh, that there is a greater purpose to all of this. There's a greater meaning to all of this. There is a, a divine logic, a divine plan. We're part of a bigger picture. And we start to get that when we start to make God more explicitly a part of our lives. And so uh, that man who wanted to see his uh, walk his daughter down the aisle, and so he battles with his cancer, and he works as best as he can to... Uh, make it out of the hospital and to be there for her as the wedding is approaching. He has some uh, some joy to do that. That's certainly a very, there's something very natural in that. Uh, there's something of his own experience. And and we, we might even accuse him of being somewhat selfish in that. Uh, but he could be very generous in that. I would like to think that, that he wants to be there for his daughter. But we can also look at that in a divine sense and say he wants to live out the vocation that he's been given by God. And he wants to play the role that has been entrusted to him in the divine plan, which is to be a father to this daughter and to help her enter into her uh, vocation of marriage. And so there's a, there's a greater purpose in all of that. He's living not just for himself in the experience of being with his daughter. He's living for his daughter, and he's also living for God. And so kind of zooming out a little bit and seeing how God is unfolding a plan in our lives and the things that he's entrusted us with helps us to see all of that a little bit more clearly. So I know that... Uh, hesitant to speak too much about my parents. It's uh, not their podcast. And, uh, you know, I, I'll speak uh, more about my myself and be vulnerable myself. But just to say, as my parents came to know God uh, after, you know, much later on in their marriage, they could recommit to saying, wow, we see that not only was this our desire to come together, but we really see that there was a bigger purpose in this to come together in marriage. And as my father had to let go of my mother in her time of dying, he could see that his commitment to her, which was absolutely from his heart and with his whole mind and body and soul and strength, uh, he could see that that commitment to her, which is very personal, uh, as he was her, her principal caregiver for years in, in the last years of her life, uh, was was from him, but it was also, there was a divine purpose. He could see God's hand at work. And and there are a number of positive uh, after effects of that as he's assisted others who have gone through that very difficult process. When he finally had to let go of her, 
then he could see that he was really entrusting her to a, a greater lover, as it were, that it wasn't just the end of her life and the end of their story together, but it was the opening of another chapter and he could, could let go of her. So those are things that as we have God in our lives explicitly, uh, we, we start to find a greater purpose, a greater meaning that is even, even able to look beyond the threshold of death, for example, which no merely human purpose is able to do. We can't look beyond death and understand things uh, beyond the context of this life unless we are in touch with one who is beyond the context of this life, who is eternal, who is beyond death. And and that's really what uh, what God gives us in, and uh enables us to do. I'm not sure if I was entirely getting at your question, but hopefully there's something there that you can uh, process and we can talk about. Well, absolutely. And the notion of being implicit with God and explicit with God is also probably something worth diving into as well, because as you've said multiple times, God is within all of us, which would be kind of the implicit element. But on the other hand, we have to reach out to him to actually make a relationship there. So the way that I'm interpreting what you just said is that he's always there willing to be a friend and willing to engage in a relationship. That's the implicit part of it. The explicit part is us actually reaching out to him and, and doing something with him, talking to him, you know, hanging out with him, basically. And that's an important characteristic. So that certainly is down the context of, of where I'm looking to, to take this conversation in the sense that we're able to see from different perspectives something to, to move forward to. And it could just be my naivety to, to miss that, that point into saying that how can we more focus on Christ to be the purpose of our lives, to make that the driving force to keep us alive, to keep us going. Not only at the end, whenever we're looking at, at, you know, the next chapter in death in the face, but also in, in the daily elements of every struggle, because while the doctor you referenced in our last episode was specifically looking at depth, I have to imagine that this also applies in smaller decisions. Um, you know, I, I've seen it firsthand um, through my peers and myself when we were in college. Like, you could see people mentally tap out a relationship well before it ended, but you knew it was going to happen. You could see that with employers and employees. And so I, I think that this might be more of a, a natural thing that occurs more often than death. But again, as, as we found out through many examples through the last three years of doing this podcast, that intertwining Christ into our lives tends to make things a lot better. So I wanted to, to keep that element going. Yeah. Just to revisit one point that you said uh, first was that he is always there sort of waiting and willing to enter into a more explicit friendship with us. And that's absolutely true. I have to take it a step beyond that, and you weren't implying anything else, but it's worth making explicit that not only is he there waiting and willing, 
he's actively working. And that's the beautiful thing as I was describing my own parents. They didn't sort of accidentally do the right thing. God was actively working, just anonymously. Uh, and it makes me think of uh, the way that a parent watches over children at play. Uh, we might think that the parent is so from the children's perspective, the parent maybe is not even there. The parent who's watching through the kitchen window as the children play in the backyard or or the parent who is actively intervening in little ways to, uh, I always think of when I was talking to a friend of mine and his little son was running around the room, you know, two-year-old or something toddling. And multiple times he was about to smack his head right into the table that was next to us. And my friend, without missing a word, put his hand between his little son's head and the table and just sort of blocked him from doing that. And his son kind of bounced off of him, not really taking notice of him. And I think God is guiding, well, I know that God is guiding us a lot this way. Now, if we're absolutely determined to thrust our head into the table, we uh, God does allow some room for our free will, although even then only if it's uh, somehow the, the best thing for us to learn that lesson or to, uh, to deal with the consequences of all that. But, but God is actively working in our lives. The choice that's up to us is whether we'll allow it to be explicit, whether we'll take notice of him at work in our lives, whether we will engage him directly or not. But he is constantly working to bring us to the fullness of happiness, to the fulfillment of our purpose, to the, the fullness of life, uh, in his son. And so uh, our choice to engage him, you know, and I could say that again with my parents, God was constantly reaching out, forming them, shaping them, guiding them because they were listening to their conscience and trying to do what was good. That is written in our humanity, although it get, gets clouded over by original sin, it gets distracted by our, our society, our world today. But they were, they were seeking to do good, uh, and, and so steadily he was drawing them closer to himself. And then a time came that uh, through a, a local church and then the influence of their two sons who both uh, came to this explicit relationship, uh, that eventually they also came to a place where they could acknowledge God, that they could call him by name, that they could pray more explicitly, that they could worship together in a, a church community and those kinds of things. But God is always drawing us toward that because that's the fulfillment also of our person is to know him, to actually have a living relationship with the living God. Yeah, our life is better when we have that. And so God provides that as part of our integral human fulfillment. And But he doesn't force it on us. And that's the the point that you also were making and saying that he's waiting and willing, he's always ready, but he's never forcing. And so he gives us room for freedom. But as we come to know him and we make that relationship more explicit in our lives, then uh, there's a great benefit to that. And, and it has ramifications in everything that we do. You make a great point that uh, Victor Frankel, Dr. Victor Frankel, who is a doctor of psychology and developed the uh, psychological approach of logotherapy, helping people to find a meaning and in that meaning to find hope and in that hope to push through even great difficulties in life that he helped to, helps people to stay in, I think he's uh, died now, but uh, his, his method of logotherapy helps people to stay engaged 
in whatever they're doing. And you're quite right that uh, staying in a relationship or staying in a job, it's all part of that taking responsibility, making a commitment. Uh, and, and like the father for his daughter that we're talking about, ultimately in having a child, he didn't consider fatherhood to be a mere biological process of, of, of reproduction, but really saw it as a commitment of fatherhood. And so even in the face of his own suffering and, and maybe dying of cancer, he pushes through and he battles for life for the sake of that daughter because he made a commitment to her as a father. And likewise, when we commit to a boss as, uh, as an employee or when we commit to a relationship as a, a boyfriend or ultimately perhaps as a spouse or even just in a deep friendship uh, that, that is really a mutual commitment seeing another as a, as an other self and having an authentic friendship. When we make those kinds of commitments, uh, they're worth fighting for and suffering for and persevering in. And in fact, they give meaning to that suffering and perseverance. It's worth it. That person makes it, it worth it to continue living, to continue fighting, to continue suffering. Again, to look at God's active role in that, a lot of times, uh, implicitly or explicitly, we discern, we make a choice, we make a uh, conscious decision to enter into a particular job, to enter into a particular friendship, to enter into a marriage, to, to become a father or uh, for a woman to become a mother. We make those decisions intentionally, and the more that we do them with prayer and discernment, and we believe that they are a good that God, who sees more broadly than we do, he sees the whole picture. We always he only see a slice of the picture, and uh, that's always a danger that we're acting too impulsively in the moment and that we're not acting more conscientiously in the in the broader picture. But when we consult God, it helps us to act more conscientiously. It helps us to see the big picture as much as we can and then to trust that God sees the whole picture. And then when it turns out that the person we married is a little different or uh, has difficulties, that we didn't expect. My dad didn't marry my mom with the expectation that she would develop Parkinson's disease or that she would have uh, post-polio syndrome. Nobody knew what that was when they got married, although obviously my mother had polio when she was young, but uh, the whole syndrome that develops as the nerve damage becomes more evident later in life. My dad had to deal with a lot of things in taking care of my mom. He didn't know all of those things when they got married. But when he married her, he did that in good conscience. If he had been a man of prayer, if he had known God more explicitly, then he could have also asked God about that and had the reassurance in prayer that that was part of God's plan. And then when things got rocky, now my dad has a very strong sense of integrity and commitment and uh, all of that is you know, formed by God and his goodwill. But uh, if he had known, if he had prayed, uh, as I can say I did in entering into my own vocation, when things are difficult, I can go back to those moments where I said, I really believe that God called me to this life, to be a Benedictine monk and to be a Catholic priest. And even though things have gotten so hard in the church, things have been uh, maybe difficult in the monastery. We're facing different trials. Soon we're going to elect a new abbot. We'll have to have some podcasts about that after May, May 13th. God willing, I'm not that man. But in any event, uh, whatever happens, I can fall back on that conviction that God called me to this life. And 
So when there are difficulties that come, I can persevere through them because there's a meaning to this. I don't even necessarily know exactly what the meaning is, but I know that it's good because God willed it. I know that he'll help me because he loves me and because I'm trying to carry out his will. And so that gives us a conviction when God is explicitly a part of things. It gives us a conviction to move forward and the trust that there's really a greater purpose in the things that we're doing. And that's something I think that on the one hand, it's very easy to grasp, yes. Um, but on the other hand, is very hard to contemplate that that there's someone out there who's continually and always willing to be there for us, and and all we have to do is is attend. And from that knowledge, to be the per the purpose to to willing to to reach towards it. And to listen to those voices, and they will translate into actions. You know, as you were saying a couple times there, your conscience kind of guides you, and that is almost like a radar beacon of, okay, this is God's way of guiding you. You know, there's a lot of basic pillars, right and wrong, that doing that will put you down the path towards God. And then to get further down the road, hitting different mile markers, it's some of the other things we've talked about in this podcast over the years, you know, having love, living a virtuous life, things of that nature. But to know that everyone's going to have trials and suffering and to see what is good and to stick with what is good and to shed is what is bad is an important skill. And as you've said many times, God is going to be guiding us through that process. And we have a certain obligation within us to avoid evil and to go towards what is good. And the listening to the guidance of God through that process uh, is very important. So, Father, I want to give you the chance that if you have any last words to put on top of it before we conclude this week's episode. Yeah, I guess maybe just an encouragement for our listeners to be more explicit in, in their own relationship with God. It really just makes such a big difference in our lives when we seek Him directly, speak to Him, cry out to Him, lean on Him, even get to the point that we can say, God, you got me into this mess. You know, there's a there's a way that we can be familiar with him. He, he calls us his sons and daughters. So that's family. We can be familiar with him. God, you got me into this mess. We, we read that in the Psalms, the Israelites in the desert. They're like, you know, you better stand up for us because everybody else is going to make fun of you because your people are uh, getting wiped out. <laughs> and and there's, a, there's something that's just very, uh, very earthy and... Uh, kind of human, I guess, about that. So having that kind of relationship with God that moves from a formal to a familiar and that really makes him, he wants to be a part of everything in our lives. And he's with us at all times and he's looking on us with love and he's trying to help us. And the more that we let him help us and let him love us, the better things will go for us. Uh, so just a, just an encouragement to our listeners to be even more explicit with him. Talk to him all the time. Reach out to him all the time. Let him be a part of every decision and, and know that he cares about the smallest details as well as the, the biggest decisions we make. And 
beautiful way to end today's episode. And on that note, you know, obviously we, we thank everyone out there for listening. Um, this has been three years of doing this podcast now, and it's grown in so many different ways and neither one of us can explicitly tell exactly who's listening or where. And it's all been by word of mouth and by guidance in its own right. So we thank you guys for telling a friend and for sharing us and for finding us on more platforms than I even knew existed. So thank you guys for reaching out. Please continue to share it with other people around you and we'll be with you again next week.